Bismillahirrahmanirrahim. Alhamdulillahi Rabbil Alameen. Sallallahu wa sallam ala nabina Muhammad wa ala alihi wa ashabihi ajma'in. We come to the sixth hadith from the kitab Al-Arba'un Al-Nawawiyah, the 40th hadith of Imam Al-Nawawi. We come to the sixth hadith, and that is narrated by Abi Abdullah al-Nu'man ibn Bashir radiyallahu anhuma qal al-Nu'man ibn Bashir may Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala be pleased with him and his father he said sami'tu rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam yaqul I heard the messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa sallam say inna al-halal bayyin وَإِنَّ الْحَرَامَ بَيِّنْ وَبَيْنَهُمَا أَمُورُ مُشْتَبِهَاتِ The halal, the legal matters, and those things that are allowed, بَيِّنْ are clear. وَإِنَّ الْحَرَامَ بَيِّنْ And those things that are illegal and forbidden are also بَيِّنْ, clear. وَبَيْنَهُمَا أُمُورُ مُشْتَبِهَاتِ And between them are matters that are مشتبهات يعني doubtful matters, unclear لَا يَعْلَمُهُنَّ كَثِيرٌ مِّنَ النَّاسِ Many from the people are unaware of them فَمَنِ اتَّقَ الشُّبَهَاتِ فَقَدْ اسْتَبْرَأَ لِدِينِهِ وَعِرْذِهِ And so whoever stays away from the shubahat, the, the doubtful matters, the unclear matters, then he has يعني, protected his religion and his honor. وَمَنْ وَقَعَ فِي الشُبَهَاتِ وَقَعَ فِي الْحَرَامِ And whoever falls into the doubtful matters, then he falls into haram, into, into the forbidden matters. كَالْرَاعِ يَرْعَى حَوْلَ الْحِمَى يُوشِكُ يَقْعَى فِيهِ Like the shepherd who grazes his animals near يعني, uh, private pasture, private land. At any moment, his animals are liable to enter that land and that pasture. أَلَا وَإِنَّ لِكُلِّ مَلِكٍ حِمًا أَلَا وَإِنَّ هِمَ اللَّهِ مَحَارِمٌ Indeed, every king, every king has, يعني, like a private fort, or a protected fort, an area that is protected. أَلَا وَإِنَّ هِمَ اللَّهِ مَحَارِمٌ Indeed, the hima of Allah on the earth are the forbidden things. Yani those things that should be kept away from. Just as the the fort of the king, then a person should stay away from that. It's a private fort and a private land, private area. كله. وَإِذَا فَسَدَتْ فَسَدَ الْجَسْدُ كُلُّهُ 
Indeed, there is in the body a morsel or a piece of flesh. If it is sound, then the rest of the body is sound. And if it is corrupt, then the rest of the body is corrupt. Indeed, it is the qalb, the heart. Yani that piece of flesh is the heart. Rawah al-Bukhari wa Muslim. And that hadith was recorded by al-Bukhari and Muslim. As for the narrator of the hadith, then that is Abu Abdullah al-Nu'man ibn Bashir ibn, Sa- ibn Sa'd al-Ansari. And you notice when we read the hadith, we said, radiyallahu anhuma. And that is because his father also was a sahabi, a companion. Bashir ibn Sa'd al-Ansari. And likewise, his mother, both his parents were from the sahaba. His father, Bashir ibn Sa'd, and his mother, Amrah bint Rawaha. Amrah bint Rawaha, who was the sister of the companion, Abdullah ibn Rawaha. Abdullah ibn Rawaha. The Sahabi al-Jalil. And so, both of his parents were from the Sahaba. Bashir ibn Sa'ad and Amra bint Rawaha. The sister of Abdullah ibn Rawaha. Which makes a Nu'man to Abdullah ibn Rawaha. What's his relationship there? His nephew. Makes him his nephew. Naam. And he was born, he was born in the 14th month after the Hijrah. In the 14th month after the Hijrah. And it has been said, يعني, two years, two years after the Hijrah. And it is also said, it is also said that he was awal mawlud, wulida min al-ansar, ba'd al-Hijrah. It is also said that he was the first child to be born. The first child to be born after the Hijrah. From the Ansar. From the Ansar. The Ansar being those who were those companions and those believers who were resident in Medina. And they helped their brothers from the Muhajireen. They were the Ansar. And so, Nu'man ibn Bashir, it is said that he was from the first, he was the first child to be born after the Hijrah from the children of the Ansar. From the children of the Ansar. And Imam al-Bukhari, he mentions that he was born in the year of the Hijrah. Imam al-Bukhari. As we said, uh, there is a difference of opinion there. Some of the scholars will mention 14 months after the Hijrah. Some said two years. Uh, and that which Al-Bukhari is mentioning here, then that is in line with, uh, uh, with those who say close to that time. Naam. So this was Al-Nu'man ibn Bashir. And he was appointed, he was appointed uh, as a leader by Muawiyah, by Muawiyah in Kufa, 
and also in 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 Damascus, in Damascus, Damascus, and Hems, where he died, where he eventually died, and where he was killed. In the uh, 60th year after the Hijrah, difference of opinion again. Some say the 60th year, some say the 64th, the 65th. However, he was from the Sigar of the Sahaba. He was from the Sigar. As he mentioned, that he was young. That he was, he, يعني, he was born in the 14th year, uh, 14th month, Afwan. As has come, in the 14th month after the Hijrah. And it is mentioned that he was 8 years old. 8 years old when he, when the Prophet ﷺ passed away. When the Prophet ﷺ passed away, that Nu'man ibn Bashir was 8 years old. 8 years old. Naam. And so, the scholars they mention here, that we find and we heard, when we read the hadith, that Nu'man ibn Bashir, he said, and the Imam, he brings the hadith and he says, that from Nu'man ibn Bashir, that he said, سَمِعْتُ Rasulullah sallallahu alayhi wa I heard, I heard the Messenger of Allah sallallahu alayhi wa say, and then he brought the hadith, إِنَّ الْحَلَالَ بَيِّنُ وَإِنَّ الْحَرَامَ بَيِّنُ So here the scholars they mention that this proves that it is, or it, it shows to us the correct nature and the sound nature of carrying uh, a narration whilst being young. Whilst being young. Yani that Someone who is young, that he is able to carry a hadith, something that he heard whilst he was young. Because he heard from the Messenger of Allah and he said, Sami'ta Rasulullah that I heard. However, as we said, that when the Messenger of Allah passed away, how old was he? Eight years old. He was young. He was young. And so he must have heard it. Yani, at that time of his, yani before that time um, when the Messenger of Allah passed away. So he was, he was young. So this shows to us that uh, it is correct to accept the narration of the one who was young as long as he was mumayyiz. Mumayyiz, one who was able to distinguish. One who was able to distinguish. And so whatever he heard at a young age and then he conveyed that at an older age, then that is accepted. And likewise, just like this, this, this uh, situation, the kafir, the one who was a disbeliever, and then accepted Islam. So from the Sahaba, you had those who, at the beginning, they were, they were not Muslim. And then they became Muslim, and then they would narrate that which they witnessed or that which they saw, that which they heard from the Messenger of Allah in during their state of disbelief. Now, so this is Nu'man ibn Bashir radiallahu anhum and he narrates this hadith. This hadith, as we said, إِنَّ الْحَلَالَ بَيِّنْ وَإِنَّ الْحَرَامَ That the halal is clear and the haram is clear. And here, Shaykh Ibn Uthaymeen, rahimahullah, he says that this hadith, this hadith, it 
divides the rulings into three. And before mentioning that, then it's before going into some of the detail of the hadith, Imam Ahmed he mentioned also that this hadith revolves or this is one of those three hadith that Islam revolves around. That Islam, the whole, the religion as a whole, revolves around three hadith. And this was one of them. The other two, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ That first hadith that we studied. Indeed, the actions are by the intentions. And the second one, مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا The hadith that we studied last week. مَنْ أَحْدَثَ فِي أَمْرِنَا هَذَا مَا لَيْسَ مِنْهُ فَهُوَ رَدٍ That hadith narrated by Aisha رضي الله تعالى عنها. She said that the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, whoever invents into this religion of ours, whoever invents something into this religion, introduces something new into this religion, that which is not from it, then it is rejected. And that first hadith, إِنَّمَا الْأَعْمَالُ بِالنِّيَاتِ Narrated by عَمَلُ الْخَطَّابِ That the actions are considered by the intentions. And a man will be rewarded based on his intention. And the third hadith being this hadith. This hadith narrated by Nu'man ibn Bashir. إِنَّ الْحَلَالَ بَيِّنْ وَإِنَّ الْحَرَمَ بَيِّنْ وَبَيْنَهُمَا أُمُورْ مُشْتَبِحَاتِ The halal is clear. The, the legal matters are clear. The, the forbidden matters are clear. And between them are doubtful matters. So these three hadith, Imam Ahmad, he says, they form the religion. Or Islam revolves around these three hadith. And so Shaykh Saleh al-Sheikh, he mentions, and he explains this by saying, that the halal, the halal, it requires an intention. It requires an intention. And so from the ibadat, from the acts of worship, and also from the mu'amalat, dealings, and so on, then these require an intention. When we say halal, because from the ibadat, there is those, those things that are halal, legal for you to do. Legal for acts of worship. And so, the, this requires an intention. So here the hadith, إِنَّمَا amal بِالنِّيَاتِ comes into play. The actions are by intention. So the halal requires an intention from the ibadat, from the actions of worship, and also from the mu'amalat, from the dealings. And also, they require another thing. Mutaba. So here now, which hadith comes into play? Hadith of Aisha. Hadith of Aisha. Man ahdada fi amrina hada ma lisa minu fahuwarad. And also the other wording? Whoever performs an action which is not from our religion, then it is rejected. And so here, in order for a person to get reward, to get rewarded for that halal, from the ibadat and from the mu'amalat, from the actions of worship and from the dealings, and even those things that are يعني, from the adat or يعني, food, for example, eating, Drinking, sleeping, for a person to be rewarded, and they are halal, those things that are halal to eat, and drink, sleep. And for a person to get to, to be rewarded, then 
he must do it with an intention. With an intention, if he intends by way of the, of uh, these actions, when he performs these actions, if he intends that he becomes strong by way of them, in order for him to worship Allah, so he eats and drinks and sleeps in order to continue worshiping Allah, then he's rewarded for that. He's rewarded for that. So these things are halal. And they require an intention, an intention and they require mutaba'ah. And also, those things that are haram, also require an intention. Those things that are haram, they require an intention for a person to be rewarded. If a person stays away from, from zina, from fornicating or from drinking alcohol, the likes, if a person wants to be rewarded, then he must have the intention. He must have the intention. Just to simply leave them, simply leave them, a person is not rewarded. But a person must have the intention that he is leaving them for the sake of Allah. He's staying away from them for the sake of Allah. And he seeks that reward. He seeks that reward from Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So Imam Ahmad, he mentioned that, the, that this is one of those three ahadith that Islam revolves around. And so Shaykh Ibn Uthaymeen, he mentions that concerning this first part of the hadith, he says that here this hadith categorizes the rulings into three. The rulings in the religion categorizes them into three. From them the halal, that is bayin. The halal, those things that are allowed and legal, Bayyin, kullun ya'rifu. Everyone knows that they are halal. These matters. So those things that are clear, everyone knows. And so he says, for example, like fruits, like, like vegetables and so on, wheat and grains and so on, clothing, those, that, the clothing that is not haram. And these kind of things, Things that you're not able to يعني, uh, put a limit to. Many things. And then he says, the second is the haram. That is bayin, kullun ya'rifu. Those things that are haram, forbidden, not allowed. Everyone is aware. Everyone knows that they are haram. Such as zina, fornication and, and adultery. Sariqah. To steal, shurub al khamar, and to drink alcohol, and the likes. All of these things are haram, and everyone knows they are haram. And then the third category is the mushtabihat. Those things that are doubtful, unclear. La ya'rif hal huwa halal or haram. So a person doesn't know is it halal or is it haram. And the reason for this ishtibah or for this doubt, or for this, يعني, uh, for him, for this affair not being clear, is either in the proof. الدليل, can be doubt in the proof itself. Or, it may be how to apply that proof. Or that, that proof, the way it's applied. 
And so the Shaykh he mentions that the doubt that may come concerning a dalil and evidence بِأَنْ يَكُونِ الْحَدِيثِ that the hadith, that it can be authentic. هَلْ صَحَّ عَنِ النَّبِيِّ صَلَى اللَّهُ أَمْ لَمْ يُسَحْ أو أم لم يصح that the hadith has it authentically been narrated from the messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam or has it not? So here now there's a doubt in the in the evidence itself. And then هل يدل على هذا الحكم أو لا يدل? And then if the hadith also is authentic. If it is authentic, then does it, can it be used as a proof for this thing being halal or haram? So two matters. Firstly, is the hadith itself, the, the evidence, is it authentic or unauthentic? That's the first. And then, if it is authentic, has it been applied correctly? Has it been applied correctly? And that ruling that has been derived, has it been derived correctly? Has it been derived correctly? وَهَذَا يَقَعْ كَثِيرٌ فَمَا أَكْثَرْ مَا يُشْكِلْ الْحَدِيثِ هَلْ ثَبَتْ أَمْ لَا يَثْبُتْ And this happens a lot. يعني the hadith, the hadith that is used in that particular matter or to, to come to a particular ruling, is it authentic or is it not authentic? And does it point towards this ruling or does it not? Now, and so the Sheikh he continues and he says, لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس Concerning the مشتبهات, the doubtful matters. Many from the people are not aware of them. Not aware. He says, the Shaykh, and this is a very important point. He said, many don't know, but many also know. Many don't know, but at the same time, many do know. He says, because the Messenger of Allah, he didn't say, the Messenger of Allah did not say, most of the people don't know. He didn't, he didn't say most. There's a difference between saying many people don't know and a difference between saying most of the people don't know. The Messenger of Allah didn't say nas. He didn't say most of the people don't know. He said many of the people don't know. That doesn't mean that there aren't many others who do know. There are many others who do know. And that is, like you could say, there were, there were many who were absent, for example, many who were absent here today, but it doesn't mean that, that many weren't present. Many are present, but many that we know were absent also. So here the Sheikh, he mentions that uh, it's important for us to know here that the saying of the Messenger of Allah does not necessitate that, that most people, that it doesn't mean most people don't know. But rather there are many that don't know and many that do know. Now, And so, here, the meaning, لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس 
Many from the people are unaware of these doubtful matters. He says it's either due to قِلَّةِ عِلْمِهِمْ يعني them not having much knowledge أو قِلَّةِ فَحْمِهِمْ not having much understanding or لِتَقْصِيرِهِمْ فِي الْمَعْرِفَةِ or them يعني simply not knowing falling short as it, as it relates to them, them knowing the saying of the Messenger of Allah فَمَنِ اتَّقَ الشُّبَهَاتِ so whoever stays away from the the shubahat and the mushtabihat the meaning of that is tajannabaha he stays away he stays away faqad istabra'a ay akhadha albara'a yani he has protected himself freed himself lidinihi yani yani as it relates to his religion فِيمَا بَيْنَهُ وَبَيْنَ اللَّهِ As it relates to that which is between him and Allah. وَعِرْضِهِ And his honor. And so here, the hadith tells us here that whoever stays away from these doubtful matters, then he protects his religion and protects his honor. As for protecting his religion, then that is that which is between him and Allah. As it relates to his honor, then that is fima baynahu wa bayna nas. It's that which is between him and the people. Him and the people. Because the doubtful matters, if a person was to carry out those doubtful, doubtful matters, then sar urdatan lin nas yitakallamuna fi ardi. He becomes liable. He becomes liable. And yani, it's like he puts himself forward as a target. As a target. Or, yani, an object for people to speak about. He makes himself liable to the people that they speak about him and about his honor. And that is by them saying, هَذَا رَجُلْ يَفْعَلْ كَذَا وَيَفْعَلْ كَذَا That man, he does this and he does that. He does this and he does that. So they begin to speak about that man. And likewise, that which is between him and Allah. وَمَنْ وَقَعَ فِي الشُّبَهَاتِ وَقَعَ فِي الْحَرَامِ Whoever falls into the shubahat, the doubtful matters, then he falls into haram. He falls into the forbidden. وَمَنْ وَقَعَ فِي الشُّبَهَاتِ Meaning whoever does them, carries them out, those doubtful matters. وَقَعَ فِي الْحَرَامِ And this is what comes about by way of that. Meaning, that if he does that, then he falls into haram. This in the Arabic language they call it jumla shartiya. If you do this, then you, then this will this will happen. If you fall into the doubtful matters and you carry out the doubtful matters, then you will then you fall into haram. The Sheikh he mentions that here there are two interpretations or two possible interpretations to take from this sentence here. Whoever falls into the doubtful matters or carries out the doubtful matters, he falls into haram. What does this mean? Does it mean that the one who carries out the doubtful matters, that he's now practicing haram, he's actually practicing haram, or is it that يعني it's, it's possible that he's going to fall into haram? And he says, أَنَّهُ ذَرِيعَ إِلَى وُقُوعَ 
الى الى الوقوع في في المحرم يعني that it is a means a means for him falling into haram a means falling into haram نعم and so this becomes clear through the example that the messenger of Allah sallallahu gave and we know and here now we through the example of the messenger of Allah sallallahu we will know what was intended or what is intended from these two possible interpretations the first interpretation is that he actually falls into haram he actually falls into haram by carrying out the mushtab- the, the doubtful matters that he falls into haram or that he doesn't necessarily fall into haram if he carries out the doubtful matters but it's a means to him falling into the into the doubtful, into the haram and so the example that was struck by the messenger of allah sallallahu like the shepherd karai the shepherd yar'a hawl al-hima the the shepherd who yani grazes his animals near al-hima yani private pasture private land hawl al-makan al-mahmi that's the meaning of hima yani he grazes animals in an area that is protected private And so here, yushik ayakafi. It's, yani, it's almost as though his animals will, yani, transgress and go into the private land, and go into the private land. Karra like the one who grazes his animals near, very close to that private land, and so it's feared. And it's likely that his animals will pass over and go onto the private land. Because the Baha'im, the animals, if they see on the, on, the, on the earth, that land that is protected, Al-Ushub, which means يعني, like, like uh, grass and plants and, and يعني, uh, pasture and the likes, then the animals will enter will enter that private land that protected land and it's difficult to prevent them difficult to prevent the animals from entering that land likewise the mushtabihat likewise the doubtful matters the mushtabihat that a person if he goes near if he goes near the haram through the doubtful matters then and it's easy for him to fall into the haram. It's easy for him to fall into the haram. And it's difficult to, pre- to prevent himself. And so this example now that the Messenger of Allah gave shows to us that which was intended. That, that which was intended is that it becomes a means. The doubtful matters, because another doubtful matters, there are those things that will be halal. But at a certain point, they may be, they may be undoubtful. But it becomes clear later on that they are halal that they are halal and the shaykh will give an example of that and then the messenger of Allah sallallahu he said ala ala wa inna likulli malik wa inna likulli malikin hima ala wa inna likulli malikin hima ala which is a word that is used 
to bring someone's uh, attention. Allah, يعني, uh, usually translated as indeed, truly. Indeed, truly. And that is used to bring about someone's attention. To bring about someone's, someone's attention. Allah, wa inna li kulli malikin hima. Indeed, every king, every king, he has a private land. He has private land, protected land, like a fort, like a fort, a king. He has, a, he has private area, private land. And none can just simply enter. And so here, the Shaykh, he mentions that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam didn't intend didn't intend by this example, he didn't intend yani, to mention whether the entering the, the uh, fort of the king is halal or haram, but it's an example, it's just given an example that, that, that we, so we may understand. Allah wa inna himallahi maharimu. And again, Allah, Allah, the same word, indeed, truly. The Hima of Allah is his maharim. Yani those forbidden things. That is that which is protected. And you don't go near. You don't go near. Allah wa inna him Allah maharim Allah. Fa'iyyaka antaqrabaha. And so the Shaykh, he mentions that the, the Hima of Allah other forbidden matters, so beware of going near them. Beware of going near them. Just like you wouldn't go near that protected fort of the king. And then, Allah wa inna fil jasadi mudghah. Indeed, in the body, there is a mudghah. There is a morsel or a piece of flesh. Naam. Fi jasad al-insan, mudghah. A piece of flesh. If it is sound, then the rest of the body is sound. And if it is corrupt, then the rest of the body is corrupt. Indeed, it is the heart. So the Messenger of Allah, he mentioned, yani again, like a conditional sentence. Either salahat, this piece of flesh, if it is sound, then something comes about. And that is, that his body and the rest of his body is sound. So if this is sound, that is sound. If the heart is sound, the body is sound. And again, if it is corrupt, that's the shart, the condition, if that's present, then... The jaza and the reward of that is that the body and the rest of the body will be corrupt. That the rest of the body will be corrupt. And this hadith, as Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, we mentioned this before, Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he authored his book, Ighathatul Lahfan, Fi Musayid al-Shaytan. He authored his book based on this hadith, on this latter part of the hadith, concerning the heart. Two volumes, two big volumes he authored concerning the heart. Because the heart, this shows to us the great station of the heart. And the important role of the heart. 
Because if the heart is sound, then the rest of the body is sound. And if the heart is corrupt, then the rest of the body is, is corrupt. But what's the connection? The question is, what's the connection between the first part of the hadith, إِنَّ الْحَلَالَ بَيِّنَ وَإِنَّ الْحَرَمَ بَيِّنَ And then this part of the hadith. About the heart and the body. It's the connection. Mashallah, definitely. Naam. But there's another explanation. What I'm getting what I'm getting to here is the beginning of the hadith mentions halal being clear, haram being clear, and then in between those affairs, between the halal and the haram, they are unclear matters. But then suddenly the hadith turns to a different topic. Topic of the heart and the body. Why is that? Yes, you're, uh, Adnan, you're right. That if a person, if he carries, if he sticks to the, to the halal, and that which is well known, and he stays away from the haram, no doubt, he's, inshallah, his heart will be, will be sound and his, the rest of his, the body will be, will be sound. But that's the fruit. The fruits of Ya'ani sticking to the halal and staying away, staying away from the haram. But the question is, why was this mentioned here in this hadith? What's the connection between these two? So the opposite person, hmm? the heart is sound, hmm? he will stay away from the hmm? matters. MashaAllah, that's the answer. Now, Ya'ani, that yes, the halal is clear, the haram is clear, but all of that depends on the heart being able to distinguish. If the heart is sound, then it will see halal for being clear as it is. And it will see haram for being clear as it is. But if, it isn't, if it's not sound, then even that which is clear, the halal and the haram which is clear, he won't see that. And he falls into them. He falls into them. Is that clear? I need the connection between this part of the hadith and that part of the hadith? That if the heart is sound... The, the halal is, is clear. As Shaykh Salaf Fawzan, he mentioned when he explained this hadith, he said, فَالْحَلَالْ بَيِّنْ وَالْحَرَامْ بَيِّنْ Halal is clear, haram is clear. وَلَكِنْ هَذَا يَعْتَمِدْ عَلَى تَمْيِيزِ الْقَلْبِ However, this depends on the heart being able to distinguish. Which heart is the heart that distinguishes? The heart that is sound. The heart that is sound. That heart which is corrupt, it's not able to distinguish. Now, and so, this is why Ibn Qayyim, rahimahullah, he authored that kitab, Ighathatul Ahfan, Fi Masayid al-Shaytan. He authored that book based on this hadith. And, more specifically, this last part of the hadith. Allah wa inna fil jasid mudghah. To the end, that if the heart is sound, the body is, then, then the rest of the body is sound. If it is not sound or corrupt, then the rest of the body is corrupt. And he mentioned that there are, and we mentioned this in one of the lectures we, 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 we gave concerning the conditions of the heart. For those who were present, we mentioned there were three types of heart. Ibn Qayyim, he mentioned, there were three types of hearts. Does anyone remember them? For those who were present. The Qadr is Salim. The Qadr is Salim. And that's the heart of who? 
of the of the believer, of the believer who's obedient to Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Tayyib. And then the second heart. The qadr is mayyit, dead. That's the heart of who? The kafir. The kafir and the mushrik. And the hypocrite. And the hypocrite. It's the heart of the disbeliever. And the heart of the hypocrite. His heart is dead. Dead. And then the third heart. The heart that is sick. Qalb marid. That heart that is sick. Yani, that's the heart of the believer. But the sinful believer. The sinful believer. The heart of the disbeliever is dead. It's dead. But the heart of the believer, it can be sick and it can be sound. Salim. If it is sick, then either it will go to one of the two. Either it will die eventually. Either it will die eventually. If he carries on with those sinful matters. And those sinful matters may lead it to cover. Possible. May lead that person, that heart, may lead him to cover. Disbelief, shirk, and so on. But it's possible that he rectifies himself, takes the shifa and the cure. And that is obviously the Quran, going back to the Quran and obedience. And then he becomes a heart that is salim. His heart becomes a heart that is salim. So he is, for whichever takes over, whether the sickness takes over, then he will go towards the death of the heart. Or if he takes the cure, he takes the cure and turns back to Allah with obedience and makes tawbah and rectifies himself, then his heart becomes a heart that is salim. And so here, Shaykh Ibn, Ibn Huthaymin, he mentions here that this hadith in reality is a hadith that is azim, a tremendous hadith. And if a person was to truly give justice to this hadith, then he would have to write pages on end. Pages. Due to the, uh, the immense benefits that are, that, are, that are in this hadith. From those hadith, just to mention a few, from, from those benefits in this hadith, the Sheikh he mentions that this hadith shows to us that there are three categories as it relates to the rulings, halal and haram. And then that which is mushtabihat, unclear or yani doubtful. And the Sheikh here now he gives an example for each type. He says the halal that is bayin, he says, La yulam ahad ala fa'la. However, that halal, that halal that is clear, clearly halal, a person who does that, he is not to be blamed in any way. A person who carries out the halal, he is not blamed in any way. And the example of that is the one who, for example, he enjoys um, the eating of al-habub, again, which habub means like wheat and grains and seeds and so on, thimar, fruit, vegetation and so on. Hada halal, bayin. These matters are clear, and there is nothing that contradicts the clear nature that uh, or the evidences that have come concerning the uh, lawful nature of those things. 
Then the haram that is clear. Haram that is bayin. وَهَذَا يُلَام كُلْ إِنسَانَ عَلَى فِعْلِهِ And every person who carries out the haram, then he is to be blamed. With the halal, he is not blamed. With the haram, he is blamed. Every person who carries it out, he is to be blamed. Example of that, khamar, drinking alcohol, and al-mayta, uh, to eat from the dead animals, those animals that weren't slaughtered in, in the Islamic manner of slaughtering them, and those who died, those animals that died without being slaughtered in the, in the, in the correct manner. The khanzir, the pig, and the likes of these affairs. These are clear. And a person is to be blamed if he takes part in those things. And then there are those affairs, those affairs that are unclear. And this is a point of differing amongst the people. So from them will be those who say it's halal. From those will be from them will be those who say it is haram. From them are those who will make it haram, and from them, those who will make it halal. From them, those who will withhold. From them, those who withhold. Or from them, those who explain in detail. They explain. and They'll say, for example, it's halal if such and such, but it's haram if such and such. So they explain. Example of that, the Sheikh, he says, so now we're talking about the doubtful matter. Halal is clear. Haram is clear. The point of discussion now is the doubtful matters. Example of that is Shurb al-Dukhan. Smoking. Smoking. He says, when smoking first appeared, when smoking first appeared, it was, it was doubtful. People didn't know whether it was halal or haram. Some said halal, some said haram. لكن تبين الآن بعد تقدم الطب But it has become clear with the, advan- uh, with the advancement of medicine and يعني, technology and so on in the medical arena. And after the people have studied the affairs of smoking and those who smoke, it has become clear haram. It's become clear that it is haram. And so there was a point where it was doubtful. It was doubtful. However, now it is clear. وَلَا إِشْكَالَ عِنْدَنَا فِي ذَلِكَ We have no problem with that. وَعَلَى هَذَا فَالدُّخَانَ عِنْدَ أَوَّلِ ذُهُورِهِ كَانَ مِنَ الْأُمُورِ الْمُشْتَبِهَةِ So when smoking first appeared, tobacco and the likes, when it first appeared, at the beginning it was from those affairs that were doubtful. However, now it is something that has become clear and it is haram. It is haram. The reasons of why something may be doubtful, and the Sheikh alluded to this before, he said, a four, four. The reasons why something may be doubtful. Qillatul ilm, yani, a person not having much knowledge. And so, that brings about doubts. Brings about doubt. Because the one who has his knowledge is plentiful, then he is aware. He is aware, whilst others don't know. The second reason, قلة الفهم. قلة الفهم. 
not having much understanding. Da'ful fahm, weak understanding. And that is that a person may be sahib ilm wasi'. He may have much knowledge. It's possible a person may have knowledge with him. Maybe he's memorized the Quran. Maybe he has memorized books of hadith. However, he doesn't have understanding. He doesn't have understanding. So that's the second. The third is التقصير في التدبر. And that is him falling short in pondering, pondering upon يعني, uh, the matters. And he doesn't he doesn't tire himself and exhaust himself, exhaust all efforts in trying to come to the correct uh, position concerning that matter, that particular matter. And so a person, he, he must strive and ponder and, and yani he must strive uh, with all effort to try and come to that correct uh, position. And the fourth is, وَهُوَ And it is the, yani one of the greatest reasons of why um, something might be doubtful is he says su'ul qast su'ul qast a person not having the correct intention and having having like an evil intention an evil intention yani that a person by way of uh, yani his intention is that he wants to simply uh, support and aid his position that he's already taken he has a position and he's, he feels strong about that position, maybe due to his desires. And he promotes that and he holds that to be the, yani, the correct position that is halal, for example, that is halal. But he, has, he doesn't have sincerity, yani. he doesn't have sincerity in that. But rather either to, because he's following his desire or to aid his madhab, to aid his madhab, yani the path that he follows or the imam that he follows, and so he sticks with that. He doesn't have the correct intention. He's not sincere. <coughs> now, and so here, the sheikh he mentions that from the benefits also for, also from this hadith is that. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, there's a hikmah in making some matters on the mushtabihat. There is hikmah and wisdom. So Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not leave out anything from this religion due to forgetfulness. As it's come in the hadith. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala did not leave out anything in this religion due to forgetfulness. But rather there is a wisdom. And that is, حَتَّى يَتَبَيِّنْ مَنْ كَانَ حَرِيسًا عَلَى طَلَبِ الْعِلْمِ وَمَنْ, ومن لَيْسَ بِحَرِيسٍ And that is so that it becomes clear who is the one who is eager to study, to study and find out that which is halal from these doubtful matters. What's the correct position? And it becomes clear who is sincere, who, who, is, who is the one who, who strives who is he who strives? Who reads these statements of the scholars? And strives to come to that. And so in that is wisdom. Also, from the uh, wisdoms or from the uh, benefits of this hadith, 
is that which the Shaykh he mentioned before also. That, that which we learn from this hadith is there are many who don't know concerning these doubtful matters, but there are also many who do. That's that we, we the Shaykh, the Shaykh he mentioned that before. That, that doesn't necessarily mean لا يعلمهن كثير من الناس. It doesn't mean that most people don't know. That's not the wording that has come. That's not the understanding that should be taken from this hadith. And that is not the way it should be translated also. And we say, many of the people, or يعني, most of the people don't know. Rather, the correct way to understand this hadith is, there are many people that are unaware, but there are many who do know. So for example, the example that the, the sheikh he gave about smoking. How many there are? How many there are? Who say smoking is makruh or it's, it's, it's allowed, it's okay. There's no evidence, that there's, there's, there's no clear evidence in the Qur'an. No clear evidence in the sunnah that it's haram. However, there are many from Ahlul Sunnah. Many who know it is haram. Because they are aware of the evidences that the, the scholars they use from the Qur'an and the sunnah. And how they, de- how they have, they have de- yani come to this, to this uh, ruling of it being haram. Naam. And so something may be unclear to many people, but it is clear to many others. Also, the Shaykh, he mentioned that, he said, and this is a very important point, he says, Al-Haf ala ittiqa'i shubahat. Here, in this hadith, there is an encouragement to stay away from the doubtful matters. However, there's a condition here. There's a condition. There's a condition, the condition is that there must be an evidence that it is, a doubt, is something doubtful. أَمَّا إِذَا لَمْ يَقُمُ الدَّلِيلَ عَلَى وُجُودِ شُبْهَةً وُجُودِ شُبْهَةً اتِّقَاءِ الشُبْهَاتِ كَانَ ذَلِكَ وِسْوَاسًا وَتَعَمُّقًا If there's no clear, يعني, there's nothing that indicates that it is something that is unclear, but it's simply يعني, some whispers. Or a person going too deep. A person going too deep into affairs. He gives an example. He says, the example of that is that which is coming in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari. From the hadith of Aisha, radiallahu anha. That a people, they came to the Messenger of Allah sallallahu and they said, Ya Rasulullah, inna qawman ya'tunana billaham. O Messenger of Allah, there are people who come with us with meat, laham. Meat. لا ندري أذكر اسم الله عليه We are unaware. We are not sure. Doubtful. Whether they said the name of Allah when they slaughtered the animal. فقال And so the messenger of Allah وسلم, he said سموا أنتم وكلوا He said You سموا Say Bismillah and eat. You say Bismillah and eat. Qalat, and she said that they were يعني, new to Islam and they had just left disbelief. So here, the Shaykh mentions do we stay away from meat because we fear that the name of Allah wasn't mentioned? The answer is no. We don't stay away because of that. Because there isn't that which 
necessitates يعني staying away from that, from that meat. And that is why the Messenger of Allah he said, Sammu antum wa kulu. He said, Say Bismillah, you, and then eat. And in this, it is as though, the Shaykh is mentioning here, in this there is as though, there is a type of blame, a type of blame upon these people. Yani for asking, for asking, going deep. And it is as though that the Messenger of Allah is saying, لَيْسَ لَكُمْ شَأْنُ فِيمَا يَفْعَلُهُ غَيْرُكُمْ And it is not upon you, it's not upon you to figure out what others have done. And the actions of others, it is not upon you. بَلْ الشَّأْنُ فِيمَا تَفْعَلُونَ أَنْتُمْ But the affair is about what you do, it's about what you do. فَسَمُّوا أَنْتُمْ وَكُلُوا So say Bismillah and eat. And, I mean, هذا, the, the Shaykh, he mentions now, that if a Jew or a Christian, he gave to you some meat, فَلَا تَسْأَلْ فَلَا تَسْأَلْ أَذَهَبْتَهَا عَلَى طَرِيقَةَ طريقة إِسْلَامِيَةَ So don't say now to this Jew or Christian, did you slaughter it? In the Islamic manner, the Sheikh he says, he says, don't say this. He said, Because this type of question, there is, you have no basis for it. You have no basis for it. And it is from going too deep into affairs, as we see from this hadith. Now, also, an example, a person who Yani on his thobe, something falls upon his thobe. And he doesn't know. Najasa huwa amla. Is it najasa, impure? Or is it okay? So here, then the Shaykh he mentions that here a person he looks. And if yani there is ihtimal kabir yani or strong ihtimal yani. Ihtimal is like, يعني, it's almost like he has a strong inclination, strong inclination towards it being uh, najasa, impure, then he stays away from it. He stays away from it. And every time that inclination, that which he, يعني, he believes about, about that thing that has fallen on his thobe, if it gets stronger, then he leaves it, he leaves it, or he deems it as being impure. As for if, يعني, that inclination that he has, or the evidence towards it being impure is very weak, then he leaves it, he leaves it. And if it doesn't have a stench, and other the likes, then a person, he leaves it. Now, and we take that from the hadith, and the messenger of Allah Sallallahu when he was asked, um, about a man that it's difficult upon him that he doesn't know when he's when he's praying whether he broke his fast uh, his 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 salah his uh, his, his tahara his wudu or whether يعني, it remains and so the messenger of Allah he said لا ينصرف حتى يسمع صوتا أو يجد الريحة. he shouldn't leave 
shouldn't leave the prey up until he hears a sound or he finds yani, a smell. Now, and there was a question that one of the brothers uh, asked today concerning, and this um, happens to fall uh, into uh, what we're talking about today, and that is concerning something called carmine. Carmine. Yani is something that is in Arabic known as alone al-qarmazi. Alone al-qarmazi. Yani it's like a red dye. It's like a dye. And a substance that they put in food. Yani is it, is it allowed? Because some say, yani it's from, it comes from, this carmine comes from insects. Hasharat. Comes from insects. They derive it from insects. And so is it halal? Is it haram? And there are those scholars who say that the insects, eating the insects, halal. Some say haram. So again, here, from those who say haram, like Imam al-Nawawi, he mentioned, Imam al-Nawawi, the author of this kitab, Imam al-Nawawi in his kitab al-Majmu'ah, he says that madhabuna, our madhab, our madhab, meaning the madhab of the Shafi'iyyah, because he was Shafi'i, is that it's haram. That it's haram to eat the hasharat, the, yani the insects. It's haram. And the madhab of Abu Hanifa, and the madhab of Imam Ahmed, and the madhab of Abu Dawood, and the, these, these great imams. But the madhab of the Malikiyah was that it's allowed. That it's allowed. So here, now, the scholars with their different positions, they use different proofs. And so the, uh, those who say that it is haram, then they, say, they use the saying of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala, وَيُهِلُّ لَهُمُ الطَّيِّبَاتِ وَيُحَرِّمُ عَلَيْهِمْ الْخَبَائِثِ يعني The Messenger of Allah subhanahu he makes legal for them, وَيُحِلُّ from halal, makes halal for them, allow for them, the tayyibat, yani the good food, the, the wholesome good food. وَيُحَرِّمْ عَلَيْهِمْ And he makes forbidden upon them the khaba'ith. Yani the, the filthy uh, uh, matters and those uh, foods that are harmful. Naam. And so, the scholars, they say that the hasharat are from the khaba'ith. The hasharat, the insects, are from the khaba'ith. From those harmful things. And those, yani, almost like disgusting things. Except for where there's, yani, uh, exceptions. Except where, where there are exceptions. But they use also the hadith that has come um, in the Sahih of Imam al-Bukhari. Um, that the Messenger of Allah Sallallahu he uh, ordered that the fawasiq are to be killed. And they're the harmful animals such as the mouse, the scorpion, uh, the crow, the, uh, yani, the rabid dog, um, and the killing of the house lizards, and so on. So they use the likes of these, these evidences. And even in the state of Ihram, some of these animals, even in Ihram, like the mouse, the scorpion, and the 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 the, the rabid dog and the crow, and the crow. So the scholars, some of the scholars, they use this to say that it is haram. 
But then you have those who you will use the evidences to say that it is يعني, uh, allowed and halal. And so the hadith narrated by Abdawood uh, that uh, someone from the companions that he said, Sahibtu Nabi Falam Asma' that I accompanied the messenger of Allah but I never heard يعني, a, pro- a, pro- a prohibition a prohibition from the insects of the earth and so this is now a proof to say that they are allowed so now here you see how some may come to halal some may come to haram so again, those who say that it was it is haram, what do they say? They use also this hadith of today, this is the hadith and subject today. In al halal in al haram And this is from those things that was from the shtabihat. So leave them. So um, as for this hadith, this hadith is da'if. Hadith narrated by Abu Dawood, but Sheikh Al-Bani, rahimahullah, he declared to be da'if. And also the principle which is in, in fiqh, and how the scholars they derive their rulings, is just because someone didn't hear something, does it mean it didn't occur? And maybe others heard. Maybe other companions heard the prohibition. Just because you didn't hear, does it, does it mean, or that you are unaware, does it mean that the prohibition doesn't exist? Naam. So here, that's an example that, you, 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 that we can use to, uh, concerning uh, that which we have understood today from the specifically relating to the mushtabihat the doubtful matters but if a person is doubtful then it's better for him to stay away however if he looks into the different positions of the scholars the people of knowledge those who are aware of these evidences and it becomes clear that it is halal by looking at the evidences, then he can go along with that. And he's not blamed for that. He can go along with that. And so, those scholars who say it's halal, then he can go along with that. And now, in this situation, a person, he decides for himself, after looking at the different positions, the evidence is used to support those positions, that a person now, he decides for himself which is the strongest. He has sincerity in that. He doesn't just follow his desires like the one who has that su'al qast, the one who just simply wants, uh, he's looking, searching for something to back up that which he has already decided, his position that he's already decided, or that which supports his madhab, that position that he sticks to, the position of his imam, or the position of his people, so on. Then this is an example of that. And with that, many other benefits that the uh, sheikh he brings, many uh, like, like the Sheikh he mentioned, a tremendous hadith, and uh, many pages can be written concerning this hadith. With that, we'll finish for today. وفق الله الجميع لما يحبه ويرضى صلى الله عليه وسلم محمد وعلى آله وصحبه أجمعين. Next week, بإذن الله, uh, we will um, maybe go. Uh, maybe we will leave the kitab, forty hadith of Imam Nawawi, and just for the next. Uh, class, we will do something general, general concerning Ramadan. A reminder concerning Ramadan, because Ramadan is near, and so maybe we will try to discuss some of the some of the 
a hadith concerning the virtues and the ayat concerning the virtues of Ramadan and um, how a Muslim should try and benefit from this mosim and this, yeah, this great season that comes, that comes about. And as the Messenger of Allah وسلم, he said, he said, As-salawat uh, al-khams wal-jum'ah ila al-jum'ah wa Ramadan ila Ramadan kaffaratun lima baynahunna idhi chunibat al-kabair that the five daily prayers and the, from one uh, Jum'ah to another Jum'ah and from Ramadan to another Ramadan is an expiation of, of that which occurs between them yani that which wipes away the sins uh, and so next week we, we will uh, keep it to a general lecture concerning Ramadan